Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis. We're, in, we're going to start here in Genesis chapter 30. Then we're going to flip over and look at Genesis chapter 37. And then at the, towards the end we're going to be in the book of James. One, one verse there. I share this because here on Sunday nights we are going to begin a Sunday evening sermon series on the life of Joseph. Joseph is one of the best characters, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament. And I'll tell you why I like him so much, because Joseph was a young man who was very immature. He was one that really made some mistakes in his early days. But all of a sudden, he found himself in a far land. He found himself in Egypt, and he was faithful to the Lord. And this is really going to be a message about remaining faithful to God even in a foreign land. And that's just not the message, that's the whole overall theme. So really the next couple of months, rounding out all the way leading into uh, 2021, on Sunday nights, you make a commitment to be here, and you listen and watch, and have your Bible ready, and allow the life of Joseph to speak to you. I believe there's, there's nuggets of gold that speak to every single one of us from Joseph's life. This man is truly one that we will see. His main chapters in the Bible are Genesis 37 through Genesis 50. A large focus of Genesis is devoted to Joseph, 13 chapters. And it's literally just a roller coaster of up and down of how he goes from the top to the bottom, to the top, to the bottom, just kept going up and down. And in the end, he looks back over his life and he saw the entire time the Lord working. How exciting is it that? Can you look back on your life and see? I see how God, something that seems so much like a valley, something such a difficult, challenging time, how the Lord actually brought me up out of this. And I think the real goal I want to, uh, I think God wants you to know from this e evening message here is... Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What principles from this trial that I'm going through, through this dungeon that I'm in, through this adversity that has attacked me, how can I remain faithful to you? God raised up this young man to rescue the Israelite family. His father and 11 brothers from famine. God spoke to Joseph through dreams. God allowed this man to be forgotten about. And he received truly, we're going to see, the greatest promotion known to man. He went from prisoner to prime minister. Could you imagine one day waking up in the Fayette County Detention Center here in our city, you wake up and you're behind bars. And by the end of the day, you live in the White House and you are in second command behind the president. It's like you're the vice president. And the president's giving you all the decision-making power. What a promotion. What the guidance of the Lord. And God allowed Joseph to save the young nation of Israel, the clan of Israel at this point, there's probably only about 75 of them and their big extended family, to save them from a famine. 
And then ultimately what happened is they're there in Egypt, and they were in Egypt preparing and setting up for the exodus, for God's great deliverance of over a million plus people who were living in the land of Goshen and setting them free to bring them 400 years later to the promised land. So let's go, let's think about who is Joseph. Joseph is the 11th son of Jacob. Remember, we have Abraham. The call came to Abraham to leave his land and to go travel to a new land flowing with milk and honey. And there was a promise with Abraham that God was going to do a great miracle and perform uh, a mighty answer to prayer, making Abraham and Sarah a great nation. But what's sad about it is, and the miracle in it, is they were barren, and they were getting on up there in age. Well, we know in their old age, they had a baby, Isaac. And then after Isaac came Jacob. So Jacob has 12 sons. And that's where we get the tribes of Israel. Jacob's name is Israel. And what happens is, Joseph is the 11th of the 12th son. Jacob married Leah and Rachel. Leah was having multiple children with, um, uh, for, for Jacob. Then in her old age, Rachel finally had Joseph. So, what, one of the principles I think we're about to see here, and the main one tonight, what you're going to see is, Jacob showed favoritism. And you know, favoritism sounds great if you're on the receiving end of it, if you're the favorite. It's nice to be the favorite. You get more stuff, you get more attention, but the problem with being a favorite is it builds up resentment, and it causes other family issues. You know, I have four children. Sherry's so diligent in making sure right now we're, we're shopping for Christmas, and we're down to, let's just say, you spend $100 a child. She literally writes that down so that if little Daniel gets $5 more and he gets $105 spent, she will then have to go to Target and go spend five more dollars for Benjamin, Elizabeth, and Esther. Why? Because that is even. That's how her mother was. Still is that way. She had three daughters. They spent the equal amount of money. They probably has the receipt to show it. Well, you, you know, I didn't. I only have one sister, so and you know, boys and girls' toys are different. And I was one of those guys. I don't care if I got gypped fifty, hundred, two hundred dollars. I mean, that just wasn't. As long as I get what I wanted. I'm happy. But some people, it's not necessarily bad, they just want to make sure there's no favoritism that's being shown. And we're going to see great consequences from the favoritism that was shown here. So, Rachel and Jacob's favorite son is Joseph. But then the twelfth son is born, his name is Benjamin. In childbirth, Joseph's mother dies. Rachel dies giving birth to Benjamin. So Benjamin never knows his mother. Joseph only 
knew his mother a little while, while a young child. So they, they weren't really raised with, didn't have many years, years with their mother. Jacob was 90 years old when Joseph was born. Joseph would become the father. He had two sons. And they, they, were, they had northern, their northern tribes. Joseph's land was in the north of Israel. But many times when you look at the maps of Israel, you don't see the name Joseph. You see his sons Manasseh and Ephraim. Those were Joseph's sons. And what we see here is God is faithful to Joseph. He's faithful to him in Israel under his father's watch. And then he's also going to be faithful to him in Egypt. The amazing thing about Joseph, he spends most of his life not in Israel, not in Canaan in the promised land. He spends most of his life in Egypt. He's in a far land. And I think we have to say, do you live in Egypt? Do you feel like you live in a far land? Do you recognize our country? Do you recognize our city? Do you recognize your, your family? Do things seem different? And no matter what the appearance, how things might seem, you want to remain faithful to the Lord. It's a message here, ongoing theme of faithfulness. So let's see about the birth of Joseph. Genesis chapter 30 Verse 22 and 24 it says, Then God remembered Rachel. At this point, Rachel had no children. He listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son. And she said, God has taken away my disgrace. Back in Bible times, when you did not have children, you were, it was considered a disgrace. Remember Elizabeth. In the New Testament, she gave birth in her old age to John the Baptist. And she said the same thing. God has removed this disgrace. Verse 24 says here, She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add another son to me. So, another son. And that other son there is going to be Benjamin. Rachel will have, she, you know, Rachel has Joseph, but she's so excited. This is her first child. She's so excited for Joseph, she wants another one. Could you imagine once you have a baby, all, all of a sudden you're asking for a next one? You forget about the pain. You forget about the trauma you had to go through in childbirth. Especially back in Bible times, they didn't have modern medicine like now. You didn't get an epidural. It was... It was rough. It was painful. But that's because of Genesis chapter 3. That's part of the fall. And that's with that. But we know also, by the name and the birth of Joseph, we know another son will be coming to. And God heard and answered that prayer. Because Benjamin was to be born and will be born with that. So flip over in your Bible. So this is going to be our main text. That's the birth of Joseph. And really the story picks up of this young man's life in chapter 37. And that's where we're going to be at. We're going to go through these next few months. We're going to be going through Genesis 37 through 50, looking at these sections of Scripture of how the Lord moved in Joseph's life. Jacob lived in the land where his father 
had stayed in the land of Canaan. These are the family records of Jacob. Remember, Jacob is Joseph's father. That's Israel. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. Remember, he's number 11, so he has older brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zippah, his father's wives. You remember, these were his father's wives that he took that were the servants there of Rachel. And he had children with them. And he brought a bad report about them to their father. What that means is, his older brothers made, in the chapters we skipped over, they made some sinful decisions. Reuben, they didn't do some right things. They, um, uh, they committed incest, rape. It was tragic of some of the things that happened. And basically, Joseph was a little different. He had responsibility. Now, he's still a young man, only 17 years old. But he's one of these guys. You know, his brothers are much older, and they are not always making the best decisions. But Joseph is one of these guys. He's very loyal to dad. Dad's 107 years old. He goes and he tells his father, hey, let me tell you what happened. Dad, let me tell you what happened. Dad, let me give you an update on the family. And it is almost a kind of what we would call today a tattletale, where someone's just constantly reporting and giving news reports of bad things that's happening. Do you know of someone that's going to give you a report on what's going on? It's like the daily phone call or the daily text message. Or maybe you go on Facebook and you find out more than you want to know about what's going on in certain people's life. And the problem with that is the person on the receiving end, Jacob, you know, obviously, he's finding out all the news, what's going on with his sons and the family. But think about his older brothers. No one likes a tattletale. No one wants to be known as, yeah, if you tell him something, all he's going to do is run to dad and, and get you in trouble. So well, you're seeing some, somewhat of some youthful immaturity. And we all have this. You know, what, what can you expect a 17-year-old to do? It goes on to say here, so Joseph's that guy that's giving the bad reports. Now Israel loved Joseph. This was a mistake. This sets up the problem. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. And he had made a, a long-sleeved robe for him. Now some of your Bibles say he had made a coat of many colors. I do not have a coat of many colors. I asked Sherry at the house if she had one, but all we could find is this blanket here, a colorful blanket. This would be a sign of favoritism. Jacob had this nice, very expensive garment, coat made for his favorite son, and he gave it to Joseph. The problem with doing that is he had 12 sons, and only one received the coat of many colors. And Joseph received it. Now, if you were Reuben, and you didn't receive the coat of many colors, obviously you're going to uh, think, why, why is dad doing this? Why is father showing favoritism to Joseph? You know, he's my dad too. 
I'm still his son. I'm older than Joseph. But what happened is Jacob showed favoritism towards his wives, and he loved Rachel, and Rachel had passed away after giving birth to Benjamin. Joseph was the oldest, so he naturally favored Joseph. He had his coat of many colors. And he goes on to say in verse 4, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his other brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Hatred in the family began. And this is really Jacob's fault. He should not have done this. He should not have shown favoritism to his oldest son or his oldest son from Rachel. And it's creating tension. The older brothers would not be kind. So we're seeing this situation emerge of favoritism. Favoritism is a sin. We're going to get into that. Then Joseph had a dream. Verse 5. This is where Joseph doesn't really help his situation towards people who already hate him. Then Joseph has a dream. When he told it to his brothers, look at this, they hated him even more. They didn't like him. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around and bowed down around my sheaf. So it's a picture of his sheaf of grain, and the brothers are gathered around. They're bowing down to Joseph. Now, the boys already got received favoritism from their dad. He's already received the coat of many colors. He's already kind of doesn't really get it. He's 17 years old. He's a kid. He's a teenager. And he's basically telling me his dream that one day I'm going to bow down to you. So that didn't... Um, didn't really go over well. Look at verse 8. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him. Are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he said. They just, I mean, they're raging hate, anger towards this young man. And I think we see some immaturity here just because maybe. God has given you some leadership or some insight. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and maybe somewhat brag about it. Say, brothers, guess what? One day y'all are going to bow down and I'm going to rule over you. Your sheep's going to bow down to mine. What kind of response was Joseph expecting? Did he actually believe that his brothers would say, well, let me sign the dotted line. I can't wait. No, when we're told we're going to come under authority, we typically press back, especially our little brother, especially the guy that's getting all the favoritism from dad. Keep going here in your Bible. We've got another dream. Verse 9. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. Now who are these people? The sun would be Jacob. The moon would be his mother. The sun's his father. You say, Redeemer, his mother passed away. Absolutely. 
some probably Leah, you know, who was partially blind, she had vision problems. She probably obviously helped raise Benjamin and Joseph. So Leah, his stepmother, is bowing down to, and along with his 11 brothers. So now his dad is bowing down to him. God is revealing to this young man something that's going to happen nearly 20 years later. God is calling him to the ministry. He's calling him to gospel work. Joseph doesn't realize what's happening. He doesn't understand. Well, the events that are occurring... He does not become the prime minister until he's in his 30s. And here he is. All of a sudden, God is saying, one day I will raise you up and have a greater plan and purpose than you than tending these sheep. Right now you're caring for the flocks, but Joseph, I have a great plan that your family will even be coming to you. So that's all he knows, they're going to be bowing down. And I think that's a gospel call. We see the call of, of, of Joseph right here. And I think what we have to remember, when God calls you, he might not give you all the details at the very beginning. He might be speaking to you, saying, something's going to happen down the road. But you need to be prepared and you, you're, going to go through, you're going to go through some adversity. You're going to go through some difficult days. But remember, there's a call in your life. There's a greater purpose for what's going to happen. And I believe that these dreams will, be allow, will allow Joseph to hold on to something. Hold on to this promise from the Lord, this vision from the Lord, while he goes through difficult days. Because he's going to prison. He's getting thrown into a cistern. He's going into slavery. Keep going here in verse 10. He told his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him. His dad got on to him. Probably the first time. His favorite son. What kind of dream is this that you've had? He said, Am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down the ground before you? And the answer is yes. Down the road, you will see that happen. Now if we look at verse 11, we can't miss this verse. This is where we see the wisdom of Jacob. Jacob knows something's going on. Someone who served the Lord. Remember, Jacob was shrewd. But remember too, God had revealed himself to Jacob. Jacob had dreams. Jacob had wrestled with the Lord. Jacob saw a stairway to heaven. He saw that vision and that dream. Jacob was someone who, even though he made some mistakes, even though he had some difficult days, he was, he was cheated, his father have a blessing, his older brother Esau have a blessing, and then Laban cheated him, he had to work for his uncle but he also knew how the Lord spoke, so I, I want you to really look at this look at verse 11 his brothers were jealous of him 
but his father kept the matter in mind. There it is. His brothers didn't understand. God was speaking to him. God was, God was calling and witnessing to, to their younger brother. But it's like Jacob knew, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen here. I wonder what this means. I wonder what God is going to do. And I think that was important for Jacob because soon Joseph, Joseph is going to be believed to be dead. But there's always a part of Jacob with this vision that maybe he's not dead. Why would God give him this dream? And the Lord spoke to Jacob through dreams, so why would he not do it through his son? What we see here, Joseph needed to show more sensitivity when revealing the plans of God. And this is important because I think part of maturity we see, especially in our lives as well, just because God has called you to something God has given you a skill or a spiritual gift. He wants you to do something for the Lord. Maybe He wants you to be generous, like we preached on this, this morning. Maybe He's called you to, uh, to quietly serve other people. You know, Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Meaning, there's part of our lives, part of our gifting, part of our service to the Lord should be done in secret. So Joseph, remember, he is a young man. He's 17 years old. He's boldly telling his brothers these things. It's just making them mad. Joseph dreamed that he would become the center of family life. All around him, his mom, dad, 11 brothers are going to bow down. The attention is soon going to be on him. So God is calling this young man. He's doing something new. Joseph's immaturity showed, but he's about to grow up extremely fast. Last verse I want to see here in your Bibles. Turn over to the book of James. We'll conclude on this verse here. James chapter 2 speaks a lot about favoritism. Because there's two things going on here. Jacob is showing favoritism towards his oldest son. And now, obviously he's, he's received the coat of many colors, and now Joseph, in many ways, received these two dreams, and it's kind of just saying, guys, I had a dream, and y'all are all gathered around me, just bowing down, and I'm the ruler over you. That, you know, that's kind of putting himself up on a pedestal, even though it's true, even though it's gonna happen, it wasn't probably the wisest thing to do to help build strong friendships with your brothers that already hated you because of your, what your father did. And I think what we need to know is we need to make sure we don't show favoritism. It's easy in a church to show favoritism. You come to church, you find your friends, you look for those you know, you sit with the people that you are closest to, you, you relate to those that are similar to you, 
You go to work, you hang out with people who are like-minded, like values, than you. You know, one of the problems with social media is you can find yourself in a cocoon. It's called an algorithm. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they know what you follow. So if you follow a certain type of, maybe, uh, say you follow Kentucky football, and you read all the articles, and you click on all the links of Kentucky football, what are they going to keep showing you? They're going to show you Kentucky football stuff. Any post about Kentucky football. And maybe every now and then they might show you something on Kentucky basketball. They'll branch out. But the point is your news feed is going to be sports, sports, sports. They know. They want to keep you hooked. They want to keep you scrolling. It's called an algorithm. That's in many ways as Bible-believing Christians. We have to make sure we aren't showing favoritism. We don't have an algorithm with our life. You go and you come into church, you look for those that are similar to you, the people you already know, those are the only folks you speak to. When the truth is there could be somebody in that pew right there that literally is struggling to the point of just giving up on God. And they say, I'll give you God one more Sunday. I'll come this Sunday. And Lord, if you don't speak to me, if nothing changes, nothing happens in my life, I will leave the faith. I want to read this verse here. Look what it says about favoritism. If, however, you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. The Bible's telling us and commands us we are not to be like Jacob. Jacob had some good traits about him. Jacob also committed the sin of favoritism. And because, he, because Joseph was showered and showed all this love, he didn't understand that sensitivity that you should not be a braggart. If you receive a blessing from God or a blessing from your family, you don't want to go out and brag about it to your other children. And I think we as believers... Maybe for us, it might, the favoritism might not be in your family. I tell you, as favoritism in many ways, we drift to people who are similar to us in our inner circle. We want to talk to our friends. Whereas God might bring you, might be bringing and leading someone who's different, someone outside of your circle, and He wants you to befriend them. I want you to make a commitment here on Sunday nights. We're going to be going through Joseph. We see a young man who's struggling with immaturity. But by next Sunday night, he is starting to become a very mature man. God bless you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God speaks to you. God calls you. God gives you dreams and visions just like he gave Joseph. He has a plan and purpose for your life. We are not here by accident. God didn't lead you to this broadcast just for the sake of doing it. The Lord is certainly working. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I thank you for Joseph. I thank you that we see the picture of this man who struggled with immaturity, but shortly while he has to go through prison, he goes through difficult days of slavery, of being abandoned, Lord, you used him and had a greater purpose. God, I thank you that we also as a young man, young women, we can be faithful. 
And Lord, even as an older adult, we can remain faithful. Lord, Joseph is an example of faithfulness in a far land, and we can do the same. Lord, we commit ourselves to your word. Lord, take these words we've read out of Genesis and James and seal them on our hearts. Help speak to us through your word. Lord, change our hearts so that we can have an impact and you can bring change through our lives to others. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, fill out our Connect card, our online Connect card. Message our Facebook page. Uh, send, it, send me an email. We're faithful in praying for you. We pray for your prayer requests on Tuesdays in staff meeting. And I know the Lord wants to bless you. He has great plans for your life. God bless you. I will see you next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, right here online.